Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's Brendan Escott in today for Bob Stoffer, 134 here in Edmonton. Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. All right, uh, really pleased to be joined by our next guest here on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Uh, He is the host of NHL Hockey on Rogers for Sportsnet. He's also a partner with Elliot Freeman on the 31 Thoughts podcast. It is Jeff Merrick. Jeff, thanks for being with us today. Brandon, my pleasure. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. So I want to get your take right off the bat here. Uh, with the yep. Oilers, how how far below expectations in your mind have they been this year? Oh, that's a good question. Um, wow, that's a really good question. <laughs> I wasn't one of those people that saw them um, in a playoff position. Uh, having said that, I did think they would be as... Um, I didn't think they would be as, as, as far out of it as it seems uh, that they are right now. I still thought that there was more there there at the uh, the beginning of the season. I mean, a lot of that is just uh, a byproduct of, of, of not getting saves. But I still see a, a lot of heavy lifting still to be done um, in, uh, in Edmonton. There's more, as Brian Burke would say, shoveling out of the barn uh, until this, this team turns into that consistent uh, playoff squad that we all suspect the Oilers to, to surround Connor McDavid with. So I, I I see your point. All of life and all the sports is managing expectations. I didn't see them as a, as a playoff squad at the beginning of the year necessarily, so maybe they're just sort of hitting what expectation is, I suppose. Right, and uh, so from an outsider's perspective and watching this team that has turned over a coach, that has turned over a general manager, that uh, seems to fall flat on its face at home ice, um, yeah. where where do you turn if if you're like this franchise to say, okay, we can, we can at least feel positive about this or, or the next thing or the next thing, right? Uh, what can you do to, to turn things around? Yeah, is exactly. that what you're asking? Yeah. Well, I think you have to figure out what you're doing. And if you still think the playoffs uh, is something that you're going to be involved in this year, um, which I don't think is, for, for my money, the right decision, but I do understand the sensitivities around season ticket renewals and you know, luxury suite packages that need to be renewed. And I, I get the, the business end of it. You want fans to be involved in a playoff race, and so then you want your players to be involved in the playoff race and how many years of losing can you put up with. Um, but but to me, I wouldn't do anything right now um, that risks the future of this team. So I'm not letting go of first-round draft picks. I'm not letting go of Evan Bouchard. I'm not letting go of Yamamoto, Benson, uh, take your pick, any of those players. Um, I'm riding out the season um, right now. And then at the end of the year, I'm prepared to do major surgery uh, at every single level of this organization. I don't think that right now anything outside of Conor McDavid should be uh, should be nailed down. 
I think everything is up for review, but that comes at the end of the season for me. This is uh, Sportsnet's Jeff Merrick joining us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Um, so you've given us given us a name, a list of names, Jeff, of people that you wouldn't part with. Um, yeah. In the in the short term, because the off season is going to be a whole different beast altogether. But let's suppose the Oilers yeah. do slip a little further out of it on this three game road trip. Who are we looking at potentially uh, moving ahead of the February twenty fifth trade deadline? From the Oilers squad, who right. you think is it a Talbot? Um, is it a Cassian? I think I think Talbot. Uh, I mean, if you look at the behavior of the Edmonton Oilers over the past little while, it seems pretty obvious um, that this is a. Let's heat up Cam Talbot for a for a trade scenario. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if he ends up going. Uh, I mean, anything, anyone who's sort of on that, you know, those expiring contracts. Uh, I know that there's a there's a many that that you know are in support of a player like Alex Jason. Um, I wouldn't be shy about moving him if you can move. I know he's got a, a four million dollar ticket for a couple of more years. But if someone wants to take a flyer, I know it's. It's unreasonable, but if anybody wants uh, Chris Russell, if anybody wants uh, Milan Lucic, if anyone, if you can somehow unload, um, you know, Matt Benning's contract, any of these types of players, Alex Petrovic, um, any of, of these types of guys. But the the problem that, that Edmonton has right now is, you know, a lot of these players' value has been completely devalued. So it's a, it's a real tough slog right now for Edmonton in a lot of ways. You know, Keith Gretzky must seem, you know, uh, a little bit frozen right now. You're looking to, to to help this team either in the short term or the long term, and just about all of your assets have been suppressed outside of the Evan Bouchards and the Bensons and the Yamamoto's, Jesse uh, Pugliarvi's, outside of those types of players that do have some promise and do have some future. So it's tough. But right now, if I'm, if I'm Keith Gretzky, if I'm the Edmonton Oilers, I am open for business. Make me an offer. Sportsnet's uh, Jeff Merrick on the line right now. Let's go around the league then, Jeff. So uh, you're obviously pretty dialed into things. Uh, what are you hearing in terms of rumors ahead of the trade deadline? Who's buying? Who's selling? Uh, who who wasn't buying before that suddenly is? Uh, I think that would probably be St. Louis. We can come back to that in a couple of seconds. That might be, along with Chicago, the best story in the NHL right now. Um, but it seems as if, you know, the, the log jam still exists, and I think teams are taking a sort of wait-and-see approach outside of, of course, Pittsburgh, who made one of their big moves with Florida, even though I don't think they're done yet. Um, I, I think that everybody's waiting to see what happens with Artemi Panarin and the two big boys from Ottawa. And I think once those chips fall, and once those futures get determined, whether the two in Ottawa re-sign, one in Ottawa re-signs, neither in Ottawa Resigns. We know our Temi Panarin um, uh, has said, "I'm going to go see what's out there on on, on July 1st." So over to you, Yarmo Kekalainen, and there's no shortage of suitors there. I think once those three are decided, then you'll start to really see um, reaction from around the NHL, and then you get those sort of second tier players. You know, maybe Florida ends up making another move with Derek Brassard. The Philadelphia Flyers make their move with Wayne Simmons. But I think everyone's trying to see first what happens with the three big boys, and then decisions will be made after that. Let me ask you this then. So the Flyers are, are in all likelihood going to move Wayne Simmons. Are they trying to get a goaltender in return, or what do you, what do you think they're after in that trade? Uh, I think they're fine with a goalie right now. I think that the, um, the, the Flyers are very much in, I mean, would they, would they like a younger player uh, in exchange for Wayne Simmons? Absolutely. What you're probably looking at is uh, a draft pick slash prospect scenario. 
um, for trading uh, Wayne Simmons, uh, unless you can talk to the player beforehand and work out something on a, on a longer-term deal. Um, and that might be the way that it ends up as well with someone like our, our Temi Panarin. The value goes up if you can come to some type of arrangement uh, before making the trade. Um, I, I think the the Flyers are feeling pretty good about, about Carter Hart, and they should. Um, but I think if I'm the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, I'm probably, if I'm going to get a younger player, I am still looking for another forward uh, up front, and I'm probably looking for another defenseman, although Philip Myers looks uh, pretty ready for full-time service right now. This is Jeff Merrick from Sportsnet and the 31 Thoughts podcast alongside Elliot Friedman. Uh, so who we, we kind of have an idea who buyers may be, and that's just typically your division leaders and that sort of thing. As far as sellers go, Anaheim is certainly headlining that right now. Um, give me yeah. a quick thought on, on what's going on there and then maybe who else might be in the seller's market. Yeah, I mean, I think right now, uh, Elliot Friedman was making this point yesterday, uh, when you look at Bob Murray going behind the bench, this is less about coaching and more about seeing uh, what you have under the hood and seeing who wants to be a member of the Anaheim Ducks and who would rather have a have a change of address. I think this is, Doug McLean did this in Columbus, uh, coaches of GMs have done this before, most of it will be Bob Pulford, and Bob Murray is, of course, a disciple and a, sort of in some ways a pupil of, uh, of, of Bob Pulford. So I think with Anaheim, I think what's going on now is the GM slash coach wants a full snapshot of who is invested, uh, who wants in, who wants to stay here, and who's looking for another address. And I think that's going to ride out for the remainder of the summer or the remainder of the season. And then in the summer, they'll make their move, starting with the head coach. We all suspect that to be former Oilers bench boss Dallas Akins, who's run a really successful program with the San Diego Gulls, uh, as we all know. Um, as far as other teams out there uh, that are sellers, I mean, there's there's no shortage of them right now uh, in the Eastern Conference. I don't think anyone thinks for a second that the Florida Panthers uh, are are done wheeling and dealing, and maybe there's another move there with Derek Broussard. Uh, Ottawa is the obvious one. The Detroit Red Wings are still. And Detroit's curious because depending on who you talk to, um, this is either the end of the road for Stefan Cronwall or Nicholas Conwell, rather, or he's going to uh, resign for another year. Uh, maybe decisions to be made on a player like Jimmy Howard. Um, the New York Rangers, I think, rightfully so. Everybody is circled. The likely you know, candidates there include Kevin Hayes, whose name has been attached uh, to both the Winnipeg Jets and also the Colorado Avalanche. Might be something there. Matt Zuccarello's name has been attached um, to, amongst other teams, the Calgary Flames. So I think we look at, at, at those two players uh, with the New York Rangers. And I'll be curious to see what happens with the Buffalo Sabres, who... At 61 points, aren't technically out of this thing yet. I mean, Carolina seems to be battling the Pittsburgh Penguins for that final wild card spot. But I, I do wonder over the next seven or eight days what happens with the Buffalo Sabres record, and then what happens with you know players like Jason Palmonville, whom we all believe um, is on the trade block right now. Nathan Bullio, as we all know, is available for anyone. Uh, who wants them. So there's a couple of guys on that Sabre squad that may be finding different addresses as well, and maybe the next seven or eight days might just uh, hate from that decision for Jason Botterill. All right, chatting right now with uh, Sportsnet's Jeff Merrick. We'll do one more with you, Jeff, and that is uh, if Giddy Malkin with the incident on Michael Raffle uh, last night, yeah. uh, a bit of a slash there. Um, you know, he grazed the helmet, but I think they, they're more looking at the intent of that situation. He does have a hearing yeah. this afternoon. Uh, do you expect uh, a fine, a suspension? What are you looking at there? 
I can see a one-gamer. I mean, we look at Ryan Johansson and his situation with Mark Shifley not too long ago. That was a two-game suspension. I think that if Malkin would have made significant contact with the head of Michael Raffle, we would be looking at a whopper of a suspension, not just a one-game, two-game slap on the wrists or a fine. This one would be a significant suspension. Uh, to me, as you read the tea leaves, it, it looks more and more like either a one-game suspension or a two-game suspension. The, the one thing that the NHL has done a really good job of is getting the stick swinging out. You know, this isn't even a matter of, of saying things like, well, the NHL wants to get rid of this type of play, Brendan, because the NHL has gotten rid of this. We see it so seldom that when it does happen, we're all aghast because mm-hmm. we don't see this with as much regularity as, regularity as we used to some you know, 20 or 30 years ago. So um, it's freaky when it happens because we just don't see it. And I know the NHL is particularly sensitive about it. Um, stick swinging is something they take very seriously. Thankful for, Thankfully for Michael Raffle and when it comes to the suspension or fine, um, thankfully for uh, Yevgeny Malkin, he did not make significant contact, grazed it at best. But you're right, the optics of this one um, will probably earn him, I would suspect, a one and maybe two-game suspension. Um, they just don't want this as part of the look in the NHL at all. This, one, this is a situation where I say to myself, Malkin's going to get something, and the NHL dodged a real bullet. Raffle could have been really hurt, and the NHL could have been looking at that piece of video making its way all over the highlight shows all over North America, and that's the last thing the NHL wants right now. Yeah, especially with one of their stars being the culprit, right? Well, that's just it, too. This isn't like some fourth-line plug. This is, you know, one of the one of the greatest players to ever play the game <laughs> uh, who turns around and does this on, uh, on Michael Raffle. So, yeah, they... Uh, when we got in touch uh, last night with people in the NHL, they were they were quite put it this way they were quite serious about what had just happened, Brendan. All right, Jeff, I really appreciate you taking the time, my friend. I know you got a busy schedule, but uh, we'll make sure to connect again soon. Okay. Would love it. Thanks, pal. Have Thank a good you. rest of your Take afternoon. Take care. Thank you. That is uh, Sportsnet's Jeff Merrick. You can hear him alongside Elliot Friedman on the 31 Thoughts podcast, and you can see him hosting NHL Hockey on Rogers from time to time as well. All right, it is 1.47 here in Edmonton. We're going to check back in with Reed Wilkins. There will be extended coverage throughout the afternoon of uh, the Eskimos and the free agent frenzy and and uh, what's been effectively a rebuild in, I don't know, about a two-hour period here for this team. They went after All-Star, after All-Star, after All-Star. So we'll check back in on that and you can hear exactly uh, what uh, what kind of coverage we'll have coming up. But it is, for now, 148 in Edmonton and it's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Brendan Escott in for Bob Stoffer today on Oilers Now. It's 151 in Edmonton. Uh, typically, our Tuesdays feature Stoffer Inspector for our friends at Horse Racing Alberta, the horses. We remind you that the entire province of Alberta was built on the back of a horse. Uh, they do have the new Century Mile racetrack opening this spring as well, so keep your eyes peeled for that. I, I would imagine we're going to try and get spec on a little later in the week uh, just to make up for some lost time here as he is traveling right now with Bob as well. Okay, we uh, we have Reed Wilkins back in the studio again, and we do have some more CFL news. Bo Levi Mitchell re-signing in Calgary, uh, but the story of the day has really been the Eskimos, hasn't it? Well, they sure have, and here's why. First of all, they lost one of the best players in the league. So we'll start there. Mike Riley does indeed go to the BC Lions. He will make 
$750,000 per year. It's a lot of on money. On average for the next four years. A lot of money. It's pretty good money. The Eskimos have signed, and these are all now confirmed. All confirmed. Quarterback Trevor Harris from the Ottawa Red Blacks. Receiver Greg Ellingson from the Ottawa Red Blacks. Receiver Devaris Daniels from the Calgary Stampeders. Left tackle Sir Vincent Rogers from the Ottawa Red Blacks. Maybe one of the best names in the CFL. And can confirm he's not actually knighted. That's his name. That's Sir his Vincent. name. He's not knighted. He's not from Britain. Linebacker Larry Dean from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. East nominee for Defensive Player of the Year. Last year. Linebacker Javon Santos Knox from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And linebacker Dan Unamba from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He kind of plays that nickelback position, so he right. drops into coverage a lot. Right. So three new linebackers, and, well, that's a third of the offense changes. <laughs> you get a new quarterback, <laughs> two new receivers, and uh, a new offensive lineman. So uh, Aaron Grimes... I haven't seen it confirmed yet. He is uh, reportedly going to sign with the BC Lions, so that's a loss for Eskimos Mm -hmm. in the secondary. And I think, as you pointed out earlier, Brendan, I think the secondary would be the biggest concern right now for the Eskimos. I did see something about, uh, I can't remember who put it out, maybe Anthony Orange, pretty good defensive back, could be coming from the BC Lions, but that's unconfirmed. And Darrell Walker... I think we can say is unlikely to be retained by the Eskimos. He remains a free agent. There you go. There's the rundown of today. Uh, just before we get into what's coming up later, I, I do want to sneak in this day in Oilers history so we don't miss Ooh, it. Oh, this is fun. Oh, yeah. It's brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 39 years. Join the president of New West Travel, Dennis La Liberté, on a spectacular Italian tour and Greek island cruise, including daily tours, meals, and exclusive special events. For more information, you can call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. On this day in 1993, Three read. Bill Ramford recorded his seventh career shutout as the Oilers win six nothing over the Sharks at Northlands Coliseum. They got goals from six different players, and that was the Sharks' seventeenth consecutive loss, which ties an NHL record. That was only their second was, NHL season. Was it, I was going to say, yeah, was, that was their second year in the league. Yeah. Then they weren't they actually worse in their second year. Uh, I would imagine with I that many they, losses, I think they in were. A row, yeah, yeah, absolutely, they would be. They're pretty good now. Yeah, they are. They're, they're, to me, the class of the West. I, I would be very surprised if they don't, especially depending on how they tinker with their roster ahead of the uh, the trade deadline here. I think they're the team to beat out of the West. Really? Over Calgary, over Vegas, absolutely. Over Nashville? Nashville's good. Winnipeg, obviously, is up there too. But uh, And maybe it's just because the Sharks come and, and beat the crap out of the Oilers when they come to Rogers' place half a couple times this year that they look so good. Yeah. But uh, Nashville's pretty good. Nashville is good. Okay, Reed. So we do have continued Eskimos coverage coming up on 630 Chat. I know they will be carrying the uh, Mike Riley, Ed Hervey presser out of BC. That's coming up at 2.30. Okay, here's what we have planned right now for the next couple of hours. Uh, we should get Trevor Harris between 2 and 2.30, okay. new quarterback. We'll go to Vancouver for the Mike Riley news conference at 2.30. The Eskimos news conference at 3 o'clock from Commonwealth Stadium. That's our plan at the moment. So what will you, we will get you Trevor Harris, his thoughts on coming to Edmonton. Uh, likely 
210-ish, 215-ish. There you go. If you never turn off your radio all day, you'll get Trevor Harris. Yeah, I was going to say. In the next half hour. Don't touch the dial. Uh, coming up on your show tonight from 6 to 8. Well, more on free agency. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll be heavy CFL. We'll kind of recap uh, everything. I'm sure we'll bounce into a couple other markets as well, and I think Stoffer's going to check in from Pittsburgh. There you go. Uh, Hockey Night uh, Night in Canada's Craig Simpson coming up tomorrow on Oilers Now. Bob will be back. He'll be doing the show from Pittsburgh. Appreciate you jumping aboard here, Reed, and uh, and definitely, like we said, don't touch that dial. If you're an Eskimos fan, you're going to want to hear the next couple hours of 630 Chad Radio. In the meantime, though, a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell followed by a modified version of the 6.30 Chat Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. It's always a pleasure. I appreciate you participating today on the text line. Tuning in. It's Brendan Escott saying so long from the 6.30 Chat Studios. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.